Hey there, welcome to The Third Seat. This is the show where we have open and honest dialogues with experts who have a unique perspective to share straight to you. I'm your host, Daniel Trinum with Croft & Frost, and I'm excited to bring you today's episode. As always, all links as well as relative information will be in the description of this episode down below. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's join into the conversation. My guest today is someone that uh, I'm really excited to chat with. I've gotten the chance to chat with them a little bit already before this. Uh, we briefly spoke over Zoom a little while back and I've gotten to learn about just what the work they do, the background uh, that they have. And uh, I am personally interested in what they do because what they do is something that uh, I have, have no experience, I, I have no uh, expertise in. And so I'm curious to learn a little bit about what they do, uh, how they got to where they are and, and to hear a little more about their story. So Lee, thank you very much for joining me today. Ooh. So happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. So for those that uh, just aren't aware, would you care to just give a little bit of insight about yourself, what you do, and just a little bit of a background on yourself? Sure. So Lee McCormick, I'm not a native Chattanooga, but I've been here about 15 years now. So I've made my career uh, and my life here um, in the Tennessee Valley. Uh, my background is in data science. So um, that's you know the sexiest job of the 21st <laughs> century as it's been named. Uh, lots to do with data. I specifically focus in healthcare. So um, while you know a lot of the skills that I have can transfer to different verticals, I've chosen to, to be in healthcare. Did a decade-long stint here at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee. Uh, did some work in the startup space for some healthcare tech companies, and then now I'm at UNAM and I run their clinical data science group awesome. um, at U. Cool, cool. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were recently selected as a 20 under 40 honoree or nominee, however, however that goes. Is that, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was very humble. <laughs> um, I only have a few years left to make that yeah. cut, so I'm glad I got to you got, sneak you in. You slid in right at the I end. I slid in. Um, and um, I'm proud to kind of represent women in tech yeah. in that in that. Um, cohort of people. Yeah. So I was very proud to be selected. That's awesome. So what, so, uh, what, what was that process like for you? Like getting, I imagine it wasn't just like out of the blue, like random. I mean, I know that they probably spoke to you before and asked you if you want to be a part of this, but what was that process like for you being selected as that? And, and what was it like for you when you first, I'm assuming you first heard from them to even be selected? Just what was that whole experience like for you? Well, so I was nominated by some unknown person, right? I don't know who nominated me. I oh, think. really? So, so someone nominated you? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so I think you can nominate yourself. Oh, really? but okay, well, I, I'm going to keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think you can nominate yourself. Um, and I have done that in years past, yeah. certainly. But um, this year I was very, I, I had no idea that, that they were running yeah. um, a new 20 under 40. I mm. thought that COVID kind of killed that off. Yeah. So, um, I was very, very pleased to, to have been selected. Yeah. So whoever nominated me, I'd love to know. Um, <laughs> but I, I think when you're first chosen for that, you, you also want to know who you're, you know, you're in good, in good yeah. standing with yeah. along with the other um, 19 in individuals. And so it's always fun to see um, who's selected and the, the, the stories that they come from, the professional careers, the the impact they've had to Chattanooga, um, and, and all the good things that you as a cohort have done for the city. So I, I, that's how I kind of view the 20 under 40. Yes, we've all been successful in our own rights, but I think it's more about uh, what you bring to the city yeah. as well. Um, this episode or this um, uh, theme for 20 under 40 was brain gain. So it was a lot... Like, 
when there was a mass exodus from cities and COVID um, and talent was leaving um, uh, anywhere really throughout the country, I think Chattanooga really valued um, the talent that they were able to bring into the city. Mm-hmm. So um, again, I, I feel very humbled to be a part of that. Again, I'm not a native Chattanoogan. Yeah. I'm originally from Asheville, uh, North Carolina, so not far down the road. Um, but we've kind of grown to love Chattanooga. It yeah. feels like a little mini Asheville yeah. in a lot of ways. So uh, <laughs> it feels like home. Um, and I'm excited to have built uh, a career here. Yeah. Um, and my husband as well. So uh, That's awesome. I, yeah, we're very proud to be here. So you said you've been in this area for about 15 years. Is that correct? Yes. So what initially brought you here? Because I'm also not from Chattanooga, but I didn't grow up far from here. I grew up about an hour up the road. And so Chattanooga wasn't like super, you know, like I, I was aware of aware of here and, and, you know, had my sights kind of set on it initially for school. But for you personally, what drove you to even want to come here and kind of leave your, your bubble in the first place? Uh, the corny answer, love. <laughs> uh, my husband took a job right out of school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were both in Birmingham, Alabama going mm-hmm. to school and he took a job uh, with the TVA. Mm-hmm. Um, he was part of the um, uh, group that started up the Watts Bar second yes. nuclear yeah, reactor. Yeah, um, yeah. So they kind of got recruited right out of college mm-hmm. and then I followed. So I landed at Blue Cross, which was gotcha. uh, not necessarily where I wanted to land, but yeah. it was great for my career. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of serendipitous yeah. to land there. Um, we thought we wouldn't stay long. We you know, said, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll start up the, the reactor. Not we, obviously mm-hmm. I have no skills <laughs> there, but um, we'll do that. And then TVA would move him wherever. Yeah. And we kind of grew to love the area. Mm-hmm. I feel a lot like we grew with Chattanooga. Yeah. And when we got here, it certainly does not look like it yeah. does now. Yeah, it's grown a lot in the past few years. Yeah, you know? Uh, the you know we're big music lovers. We love craft beer, and I think mm-hmm. that sort mm-hmm. of grew along with us. And yeah. that was great. And then we had kids, and it, we just kind of fell in love yeah. with having our children yeah. here. Uh, it was a great place to raise kids. So. so, so you went to school in Alabama. That's correct. And so, so you're from from Asheville, went right. to school in Alabama. And now you're you kind of made a yeah. little like a little triangle I'm there. Busy, <laughs> yeah, like, touring yeah. south. <laughs> uh, yeah, my family's in Florida. Um, I've got family still in Alabama. Uh, my husband's family's from Alabama. Yeah. We're in Tennessee. In That's North awesome. Yep. That's awesome. So, so, and I know that you, you kind of mentioned this, but part of the the theme, I guess you, you would say, is uh, a lot of the other people that were nominated with the, the 20 under 40, a lot of them were also not from the Chattanooga area, if I remember correctly. Uh, there were some people as, as close as like, you know, Cleveland, Tennessee, which isn't super far from here, but there were some people like they came all the way across the country to be right. here. Uh, and I thought that was interesting just because like I know that there are plenty of people from here, you know, plenty of people that live here that are not from here. But to me, that seems kind of daunting. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not from Chattanooga, but I'm not super far from it. Like, I, I live just an hour up the road. It wasn't super unfamiliar to me. I'd been here before and, and you know, my family isn't far from here as it is. But when I see people, even like yourselves, like you're from Asheville, which isn't, you know, geographically speaking, isn't super far away. But still, like, that's not, you know, that's still a good drive away. You're, you're, you're still, uh, you know, removed from, from where you grew up, from where you started. And I, I don't know. I think that's really cool and really interesting. And just the fact that so many people were willing to take that, that leap of faith kind of to start their career, to start their life. Uh, and, and now here you are, like you're, you're, you know, you're, you're living out, uh, you know, the dream that you set out to live on. So I, I think that, I think that's awesome. I think that's really exciting. Yeah. I think Chattanooga is unique in that it is somewhat of a melting pot, right? You sit while we are in the South um, and we certainly have that a large part of that culture, but, but so close to um, Atlanta and Birmingham and, yeah. and Knoxville and, and Nashville, I think we get a, a, a good mix of people who find 
it, yeah. it home. Yeah. It feels like home to yeah. them. Um, so I think that that's somewhat unique for, for Chattanooga. Yeah, no, I agree. It's kind of like a midpoint for a lot of places, yep. you know. So uh, it's, it's a really cool area. Um, so I, I want to learn a little bit about just what exactly it is that you do. I, I know that you kind of jokingly mentioned that you, you work in data science, and that's a you know, a very, that's a blossoming field uh, for a lot of reasons, but especially here in Chattanooga, like Chattanooga is growing a lot, but specifically that field uh, has been growing a lot. I know whenever I uh, started in college, I, you know, initially, I eventually finished in business, but initially I was looking towards fields like that because I knew it was growing. I knew there was a lot of opportunity. And I just want to hear from you, like, what exactly is it about this field that drew you towards it? And what exactly does that, I know this is a very broad question, but what does that field encompass? Like, what does a day in the life of a data scientist or someone that works in data science, what does that look like for, for someone like yourself? Sure. So just a little bit about my path into data science. So when I got out of school, I have a, a master's degree in biostats. Data science wasn't... Uh, it certainly was a thing, but it wasn't a degree program or anything that you could just go focus in, much like yeah. it is now. Yeah. Um, and then really as I started my career, I landed in a lot of reporting roles, just working with data very closely. Mm -hmm. um, and what I found was I had a, a, a tinge of creativity mm -hmm. that a lot of um, more typical technical folks may not mm -hmm. gravitate towards mm -hmm. or, or really just need in their in their day-to-day -day lives. And I feel like, to me, that's what, what really drew me to data science was it was all this math, mm -hmm. all of these um, really cool things you can do with data, mm -hmm. but you could also be creative. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I think, a field that really that, that took off, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you um, work within different methods, within different data, um, and really just get creative with data. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, that's what data science is. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's certainly a lot of more um, technical terms for data science. Yeah. I view it as, you know, things you can't see with the naked eye, mm -hmm. things you can do with data that you can't see with the yeah. naked eye. So yeah. it moves past reporting, mm -hmm. it moves past um, just standard knowledge of, mm -hmm. of you know, um, statistics and those types of things yeah. into how do I find things in data that the naked eye can't find, right? yeah. that the machine has to find. Yeah. Well, it seems to me like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me like a field like this, it's one thing to, you know, have a degree or have a background in, in statistics. You know, just being able to look at information and interpret it and, and draw conclusions from it. Uh, but this reminds me a little bit, I actually had a conversation with a guy on here who works uh, heavily just in economics. Like he, he got his degree in economics and that field also like is, is very broad. You know, you think of economics, like there's a lot of ways you can take that field. Uh, but one of the main kind of takeaways from the work that he does and from the, the, the brief studies that I've had in economics was that part of it was not just looking at data and interpreting it, but, but also manipulating it. it. was saying, okay, if I, if I take this variable and I change it in this way, or if I take this, you know, uh, this thing is happening over here, what if we manipulate it in this way? It, it takes, like you said, a tinge of creativity, not just looking at data and saying, oh, there's more of this and less of this, or this is trending in this way and this is not. It takes you to kind of look outside of, of, what, of the data that you see and being able to manipulate it in creative ways. Is that, is that, Accurate yeah. for what you do? Yeah, I think the word that really 
resonates the, the delineation between yeah. data science and, and analytics is the word why, mm -hmm. right? Analytics will just tell you what's mm -hmm. there, yeah. like to your point, yeah. this is, uh, this year was better than this year yeah. or last year. Um, but with data science, you're really digging into the why. Mm -hmm. um, and then I split data science into really two, two main um, subcategories, automation, how do I teach a machine mm -hmm. to make decisions, right? Feed yeah. it data enough so it can make a decision. Yeah. And then prediction. Yeah. Right. How do I proactively figure out what's going to happen next mm -hmm. so that I can either prevent it, yeah. if I'm trying to prevent it, um, prepare for it, yeah. if I'm trying to prepare. Um, and so that's how I view data science and, and how it kind of differentiates itself. Um, that doesn't mean that um, on a daily basis I may not do reporting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and really, because the underlying data that you're working with, you still all the skills are still there. Right. You have to know how to clean it. Mm -hmm. You have to computer program mm -hmm. to, 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 to build the data that you're gonna work with. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the skill sets do translate, mm -hmm. um, but I think what's beautiful about data science is you do get to build solutions mm -hmm. more than just what happened. Mm -hmm. Here's you know your standard report from last quarter. Um, and then those things are needed, so I don't yeah. wanna um, certainly dismiss them, but I think that's what makes my job um, super special to me is that I get to wake up and actually build solutions, mm -hmm. right? Some fail yeah. um, and, and some are, are very valuable. Mm -hmm. um, so you kind of have to get ready for that mentality yeah. too, is that you have to be willing to say there's not a solution here yeah. or I'm going to take this turn mm -hmm. to make it a solution. Yeah. So. And it definitely seems like just the way that you're describing it, like, you know, it's, it's one thing from an analytical perspective to, you know, pull up a report or to gather data and say, okay, this is the data we have, here it is, and just put it out there. Like, that, that's one side of it. But you kind of have to have both of them, at least from the way you're describing it. Like, you can't just have the report of information or you can't just have numbers trending in the, in the directions that they trend. You, that's part of it, but you have to have someone like yourself who can build from that and say, okay, well, why is it doing this thing? If this is trending this way, why is that happening? If these things are happening over here, why is that? Ha like we need to be able to kind of deconstruct it to a degree. Uh, and I don't know. That sounds really interesting. That's that's really really cool. And I think it's something that um, you know, like you said, does require a bit of creativity. But it's a, it's a mix of create creativity and also technical know how. You know, you don't just want to throw someone in there that's never done it before. Like you have to have uh, the technical skills to do the job as well. Um, for you, was this something that you know you have wanted to? You may, I mean, obviously, as like a, a seven-year-old, you may not, you probably weren't like, I want to be a data scientist. But was it something that you felt drawn towards, or were you were you always kind of uh, operating in a way where you had this this desire to take things and understand why they work or why they do the things that they do, or was this something that you kind of fell into, you know, by, by accident? I guess you could say. So I've always been. If I can split my brain into two two pieces, right? I've always been very um, organized. I liked math because there was always an answer, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. I knew that there was an answer. Yeah. Um, there wasn't really a lot of gray matter in, mm -hmm. in terms of what you could find or what you couldn't find. But I also had this huge creative side mm -hmm. growing up, right? Mm -hmm. I built things and um, I drew things and made made things for my, my childhood bedroom and stuff like that, <laughs> right? So I had these two conflicting sides of my brain. Mm -hmm. Um, when I got to school, um, I started off in economics because um, I loved finding kind of the hidden meaning of things, but it was so saturated in the math mm -hmm. um, that it didn't really, it, it didn't fulfill the creative side of my brain. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't really until I got into my professional career that I said, there's more to this, mm -hmm. right? So I started off in a reporting role. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I, I got bored very quickly and said, there's, like, here's all these things we could be doing. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky enough to have leadership that let me kind of mm -hmm. roam and, yeah. and build those things. Um, so that that was really the the tipping point of mm. oh this is what I want to do yeah. right um, and again I, I was kind of right at the precipice where data science was becoming um, uh, a value center for a lot of organizations mm. right everybody yeah. wanted to say they were do doing data science <laughs> they were data driven even though a lot of companies didn't know what that meant yeah, um, yeah. some of them still don't <laughs> so but at the same time like I was lucky enough to kind of be have the right skill set. Um, to, 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 to capitalize on, yeah. on that timing. So. Yeah. And, and so now that you are, like, like you said, you know, for better or for worse, like every, every company, you know, or a lot of companies, they have, you know, data science role or like data oriented roles. Like that's kind of a, a little bit of a buzzword now. It's like, oh, we, we want to fill this kind of position. And specifically here in Chattanooga, it's that field has grown a lot, but obviously abroad, like there have been you know, uh, you know, there's a reason why places like Silicon Valley exist. Like they used to not ex exist in the way that they do now, and now they do. Um, what has it been like for you, as someone who is literally in the thick of this growing field, seeing it expand in this way? Like, what, what's it been like? Because you said you've been working not not obviously at Unum, but you've been working in a field similar to this for you know 10, 15 years. Is that correct? Okay. And so, I mean, specifically, specifically here in Chattanooga, even abroad, like. You know, you go back 10, 15 years, the field that you're working in is not what it is now. Like, it, or it was not what it is now. Uh, what has it been like for you getting to see the field that you're in blossom in the way that it has and getting to see it just expand into this thing that everybody seems to want to have a piece of at the end of the day? Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. Um, I am a huge proponent of, of growing the not necessarily the field of data science. I would love that if it grew, mm -hmm. but also just knowledge yeah. around what data science yeah. is. Partly because... Um, it is something, it is a team effort. Mm -hmm. I believe um, you can have great data scientists, mm -hmm. but to really move the needle, you have to have great data science teams. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of, uh, I think, organizations lack the ability to, to build those teams. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that's because they don't really broadcast the knowledge of mm -hmm. what data science is, or what it's going to do for their organization, so that mm -hmm. other technical teams or even business teams mm -hmm. um, can work together to build better mm -hmm. data-driven solutions. Um, so I, I joined uh, the Chawtech board back in 2020, right when COVID hit, mm -hmm. um, partly because I was attending their events and I was like, you know, I, I don't do cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not an InfoSec person, uh, but I, I still feel very um, like connected to yeah. this community, but there's not... Where's the data science people? Yeah, right? yeah. Where's the analytics people yeah. even? And so we, we kind of started spinning up a data science uh, forum. Mm -hmm. Which took a hit during COVID, what like most uh, of like in-person events. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm very happy to say that uh, recently an old colleague of mine have spun up a meetup, mm -hmm. a data science meetup. In like the first iteration, there were so many people there, yeah. right? Because there is so much interest, yeah. both from people who are practicing data science, but mm -hmm. also from just people who want to understand it mm -hmm. so that they can be a better partner in data science. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, you know, data science has always been the the scary, and I always say data science. I try to avoid the use of, of AI because mm -hmm. AI is a niche of, yeah. of data science, yeah. and it usually just sends up red flags, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and, and also people like me that have no idea, and it, it kind of like, freak, like in a, in a kind of weird and fun way, it kind of freaks me out as well. You yeah, know? well, everyone yeah. thinks <laughs> robots, like, Yeah, it's right? like, I, yeah, it's like I, that, I know that's exciting, but also it's like, 
my mind immediately goes to like iRobot and, yeah. and with Will Smith, you know? Exactly, <laughs> which is a very specific kind of, of data science. So I try to keep it broad because yeah. I think, you know, there are very simple data science solutions that mm -hmm. get put in place that save millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And then there's these really fancy AI mm -hmm. solutions that don't, yeah. right? So I think we need to recognize that there's yeah. a spectrum. Um, and the more that you can um, appreciate that spectrum, I think the more value you get out of data science as a whole. So um, I, in my day-to-day -day job, and I know you asked this question <laughs> um, about 20 minutes ago, <laughs> but um, I have, I no longer touch a keyboard and, mm -hmm. and like, science way anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I'm touching a keyboard, it's usually sending emails, right? <laughs> Send, setting up meetings. But I, I thought I, you were going to say you had like a program that just sends them for you. Oh, something. I wish. <laughs> no, if someone's inventing that, I, I, I'm on board. I'm investing. <laughs> um, but no, my, my day job now is more on a consulting type mm -hmm. role. So I meet mostly with business owners who have a problem yeah. and how do I start to um, dissect that problem, figure out what we can build yeah. with what we have, mm -hmm. right? Because uh, that second part is really big. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, this can be solved. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you don't have the, the means, mm -hmm. whether that's technical skills or whether that's the data that you mm -hmm. need in order to build those solutions. Yeah. Um, so I view my, my role much more as a consultant. I work a lot with um, vendors mm -hmm. in the data science space. So how do we partner with better um, vendors who have specialties for the problems that we're trying to solve mm -hmm. and whether we work with them mm -hmm. or they build externally for us yeah. and we just adopt what the, you know, yeah. they have off the shelf. So yeah. um, that's a, I love that role partly because I love interacting with people. Mm -hmm. um, I like to say that on a daily basis, I talk people off the data science ledge <laughs> <laughs> um, because people yeah. are oftentimes thinking, oh, it's just fancy words. Yeah. You're not going to build me a solution. Mm -hmm. And so I just try to, you know, as simply as I can mm -hmm. talk about what we can build and how we're going to implement a very simple solution first, yeah. get them comfortable with it. Yeah. And then we're going to iterate and it's not even, you're not even going to notice, yeah. right? The best data science and the best AI yeah. uh, usually goes unnoticed yeah. and that's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. um, and th so that's, that's, Mostly my role is yeah. more on a people front these yeah. days. And, and I imagine too, like you seem like the perfect person to come for that because you know, you've you were able to kind of get in on it when it was starting to grow. Like you you you've been doing this, this isn't your first time doing this, you know, like you've if I were to go into this field, like it would be something very new to me. Like I would be starting my career in this and would have a lot of questions and wouldn't be perfect at it. But you've been someone that been that has done this for over a decade now. And so if there's anyone to come to for questions on like, what's it like? What am I going to be doing? How do I, you know, how do I take this problem and find a solution for it? Like you're the person to come to for that. Uh, and I would imagine that's very valuable to a company like, you know, Unum, for example, that has tons of information coming in, you know, in and out of, the, of their, their walls every single day. Uh, and so that, that's really cool. That, that's exciting. Um, one thing I do want to ask you about is, so we've talked a little bit about just, you know, a couple different aspects of just the work you do in your life. And you mentioned earlier how you're obviously not from here. And you, although you've been here for a little while now, like you're not from here. What for you, were there any, you know, the time that you moved to Chattanooga, it obviously was, I imagine, like I wasn't here then, but I, I would imagine it's not what it is now. Like it wasn't nearly as big as kind of, it's becoming a little bit more popular. It's a, it's a place that a lot of people are moving to. What was it like for you moving here, not necessarily on your own, like you were with your husband, but what, what was it like for you moving here and kind of uh, going somewhere that you'd never been before and really starting to let down roots like that? What, what were some of the kind of hurdles that you had to overcome that obviously now have led to you being in the, in the 20 under 40 nominee? Uh, what was that like for you? Yeah, so I think when you move, um, 
early in your professional career, mm -hmm. right? You're not in college, so you're mm -hmm. not surrounded by people that are um, in the same day-to-day -day that you are. Mm -hmm. you're, you're thrown into a mix of people who are tenured in their career, some people who are mid-career, and then you know a few people that, that may be um, kind of very early in their career. And so kind of building those relationships is really hard. Yeah. It's not like, again, like in college, uh, where you're able to, to be around mm -hmm. you know, your same age group doing the same things uh, on the same schedules. Yeah. And, um, and so I think early on, I made it a point to try to, to build a community all of my own um, because I, I wanted to foster both the, the career side of things, right? Mm -hmm. How do I continue building my knowledge in data science mm -hmm. and in healthcare specifically? Um, I wanted a great network mm -hmm. for that, but also, you know, the ability to, to lay roots here and I needed um, a, a good kind of grounded set of friends. Um, and, and so we, we worked really hard to make sure that we were balancing that early on in our careers and our, our personal lives and setting the aside time to, to, um, to network, to build relationships. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was it, in this, uh, a lot of people will blame a lot of things on their kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but having kids, we met a great group of friends, right, mm -hmm. that were all on the same, back into that same mm -hmm. bucket, yeah. um, same kind of, uh, lifestyle that we were in and so we've we've held on to some great friendships through our um, our children's uh, friends parents if yeah. you will so that's been helpful um, you know I think it's kids are always uh, a different um, a change of, of pace a change of life um, certainly so but uh, that's one good thing I think yeah. that um, we were able to experience when we were really young and moving here um, and we also were really big every time a restaurant opens mm -hmm. or something opens we try to make a point to yeah. go there um, just so that we can really experience Chattanooga right so um, we always like to, to, to know what's what's going on, make sure we've, we have uh, our two cents and what's good, what's not good, those mm -hmm. types of things. Um, and so we, we've tried to really build and kind of um, inundate ourselves yeah. in the Chattanooga community. Yeah, well, it sounds like you've been very intentional about it. Like, you know, it, it can be a, like, I remember whenever I moved, uh, I came here for school, and whenever I moved down here, like, you know, even to some degree when you're in college, like even though a lot of the people around you are on the same schedule and you're all having similar experiences and things like that, like you still, you still have to be somewhat intentional about building those relationships. Like you can't just sit in your dorm and just be like, okay, well, it's going to happen when it happens. You right, know, like yeah. you have to still go out and meet people and, and go to those social events. And that's definitely like, it seems like you're echoing that to a degree because it's one thing to move to a place and, and start a job and, and work at a place. But if you just never interact with the city around you and never interact with the people around you, it's going to be hard to feel feel like you're a part of that area. Right. Uh, because even though you're not from here, like you've been here for, you know, 10, 15 years, like now I would imagine like you, you definitely feel like this is this is a home for you, like this is a, a place for you. And part of that is, is having that intentionality, I, I think. Is, that's what it seems like to me uh, from the way that you described it. Yeah, and I think, so about five years into my career at Blue Cross, I became a, a people leader. Mm -hmm. Um, I moved more from um, leading projects into leading people. And, and some of those relationships have been the most long-lasting and meaningful here mm -hmm. um, because 
I, you know, was able to share my experiences with people that were coming out of college and connecting with them, um, even though we've probably all moved on from those careers now mm -hmm. and into something new. Those are some of the relationships that I've, I've kept um, mm -hmm. as, as well. I think that a lot of people view people leadership as this hierarchical kind of disjointed mm -hmm. process. Um, I don't take that approach. Mm -hmm. um, just naturally, it's it's kind of just you are building yourself along mm -hmm. with building other people. Yeah. So those have been some of the most meaningful experiences that have grounded me to Chattanooga. Um, and also some of the work that we've done both or you know me and my teams at Blue Cross um, certainly in the startup space we got some exposure to go broadcast that and I think it got really people interested in what we were doing in Chattanooga on the data science front and it's helped build sort of street credibility if you yeah, will yeah. Um, here in Chattanooga just because data science it is blossoming I'd like to see it blossom more in this area um, we certainly have some pockets of mm -hmm. data science um, and certainly on the logistics side of things, mm -hmm. like lots of great things happening in that in that vertical. Um, but I, I like to kind of bring the attention to Chattanooga that, you know, hey, this is what we're doing, um, whether it was at Blue Cross or wherever. Um, come come work with us and let's build this mm -hmm. better data science community yeah. together. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, something I want to get a little, some of your, your thoughts on, and, and I've been thinking a lot about this just because... You know, I'm relatively recently graduated from school. I'm coming up on year uh, year anniversary of graduation, which feels very weird because it feels like it was just yesterday. Yeah, I know. Uh, um, but you know, I hear a lot about you know, obviously education is important, whether it's you know middle school, high school, bachelor's, post grad, like all, all those things. Like every aspect of it is important. Uh, but even you've like echoed some of this, you know, just in talking to you today, like there is also an, an aspect of gaining experience alongside your education. Both of them seem to be like, you, you can't really have one without the other. If you have someone with just every degree known to man in, in, in the sub, in whatever subject that they work in and they're very specialized, like that's great. But if they've never worked in the job before there, there's going to be some still some hurdles that they have to overcome because they don't have that experience of what it's actually like to be in the job day to day with their, their hands dirty, quote, you know, so to say. Uh, and so for, for you know, an individual like myself that's new to my career, that's new to working in a professional sense, like actually working in a, a corporate job, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, pull to e either direction. There's some, there's there's one part of me that's like, oh, you need to go and get, you know, as much of an education as you can. But there's also a part of me that's like, oh, but you need to get as much experience in this field as you can. And I want to hear from you just what some of your thoughts are on this kind of discussion of, uh, you know, the pros and cons of, of gaining experience as opposed to education or, or focusing on education as opposed to gaining experience or, or what you think would be a balance of, of kind of straddling both of them. Because, you know, like you, like you said, you have your master's degree uh, and, and I'm sure like, you know, during that time when you were going through school and, and doing those things like, you know, you may not have had experience in what you're doing now, or maybe you were able to kind of straddle the line of, of getting an education and also working in the field you wanted to work in. Uh, I just want to hear from you some of your thoughts on, on this topic and see kind of what some of your insight is with all the experience that you do have in the field that you're currently in. Sure. So first of all, disclaimer, I am a perpetual student. So I'm getting my doctorate 
in oh, health nice. policy. Nice. Yeah, I'm at UT Health Sciences Center in Memphis. When's the when, when's your expected completion date for that? Uh, this time next year. Oh, really? So, yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll, I definitely will follow up with you and make <laughs> it, sure. It's been seven years in the making, <laughs> so I'm not, you know, like it, it's. I have three kids. Yeah. I have a life. Well, you've I have got a, a few job. things going on. You I know. got just a few things, so um, I'm fine with the seven years. Yeah. And, and I'll probably go back and do something else, right? Uh, that's just who I am. Yeah. I love to learn and I love structured learning. Mm -hmm. So um, I can't just, you know, read Twitter all day and, mm -hmm. and gather that knowledge yeah. from Twitter. Yeah. Um, nor should um, anybody <laughs> just get their knowledge from Twitter. <laughs> but um, I think there's value in the world of, of, of academia um, and the knowledge you get from mm -hmm. structured learning, mm -hmm. right? Because obviously it's it's been bred to be that way. Mm -hmm. It's been bred to be concise. Um, and, and meaningful in the time that you, you spend in that degree program. Mm -hmm. However, um, that to your point, that's not the way that the world operates, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I think that there's certainly things from each world that you can take with you. Mm -hmm. um, I, I will say that in the data science world specifically, problem solving is probably the biggest thing that the individuals that are coming out of school that maybe I interview or I, I work with, it seems to be the biggest gap, mm -hmm. right? Because in school, you're given the problem. Uh, you're giving a lot of information around the problem. And there's ultimately some answer or some criteria yeah. um, that, that you have to follow. Um, and that's just not the way it works in the real world. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's probably the biggest gap mm -hmm. um, and the biggest experience that people need to gain, yeah. uh, where they gain it, I yeah. think is, um, you know, there's a lot more opportunities to gain that experience outside of your career now. I mean, I know in the data science field, there's like competitive data science um, projects you can work on, mm -hmm. open source, those types of things. And so I would encourage people uh, to, to view those mm -hmm. and really get an, uh, a, a glimpse into how someone presents to you a problem mm -hmm. and the lack of detail they usually provide yeah. right? and how you have to pull that out of people. Mm -hmm. um, that is a people, that is a communication skill that mm -hmm. is often not taught in, in academic programs, mm -hmm. um, at least not the ones that um, I'm familiar with. So I think that if there's an opportunity for those programs to get better there, that's certainly um, one area. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it, it really puts the onus on individuals to say, Okay, I have my academic. I, I know the textbook answer, yes, right? Yeah, I know the yeah. I know the steps yeah. how to make a peanut butter sandwich, yeah. right? But like, I have to start filling in those gaps on mm -hmm. how to communicate those steps to mm -hmm. individuals. Um, that's the skill I think is is most relevant, and some people naturally have that, mm -hmm. um, and and some people have to strive a little bit more, especially mm -hmm. in the technical field. Yeah. So, um, I would say that uh, as you're balancing your your kind of academic. Which, you know, we're seeing a lot of data scientists that, that don't have, have an academic background mm -hmm. because they're able to do the problem solving. Yeah. So they're just valuable right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that kind of more consultative um, mm -hmm. piece to your, your job is, is, is really key. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the kind of the, the problem solving aspect of or the, the gap uh, that exists for a lot of people because... You know, I, I know I've said it and I hear it all. I have a, I have a younger sister who's currently in middle school and she says it all the time. And I've, I've heard it in so many people, you know, it's like you go to school and they, you're, whether you're in math, it's not like whatever class you're in, they hand you a problem and it's like, why do I need to know this? You know, you're like, you're, I, I remember I, I was, uh, I, I briefly, I briefly entertained the idea of uh, getting an engineering degree. And uh, by saying briefly entertained, I mean, I, I switched quickly to business. Uh, but while I was in there, you know, like that was a heavily 
calculus-oriented degree. Like that, you do a lot of that in school, and I was never great at it. And so I was sitting there doing a lot of the work, and I'd be like, why do I need to know how to do this? Like I would sit there and be like, I, don't, I, I do not understand how I'm going to be able to use this in whatever field I choose. And, you know, if I had gone down that route, like maybe I wouldn't use calculus every day. I would probably wouldn't have. Like mo- I, don't, I don't know many people that use calculus like from a, a traditional standpoint in their jobs. But that's not necessarily the point of why you learn those things and why you do those things. The point is to take a complex issue, take a complex problem, and try to find your way through it. Try to find a path through the kind of gray areas and get that solution that you talked about. Part of the reason why you said you liked math so much because there's there is a solution out there somewhere, and you you enjoyed finding that solution. Um, and so now that I have a little, you know, I'm removed from school, and, and I kind of have a little bit more, a little more experience, like outside of it, like I see the value of learning how to be a problem solver. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some of that skill is going to be grown in the real world with your hand, you know, kind of getting your hands dirty and working on working on whatever you work on. Some of that you can only gain in the real world, but the more you can foster that, I think, before you get out into the real world or into your your professional career, your career. Um, I think that will be a huge benefit to anybody. And, and like you said, like that, that seems to be the biggest gap for people is having that kind of problem-solving attitude. Um, because the problems in the real world are not necessarily solving a calculus problem, but they are just as complex oftentimes as those problems can be. Right. And so if you have the attitude that can you know, approach a problem of that complexity and, you know, have a, a clear head and an attitude of, of wanting to solve that issue, then you're going to be a valuable asset in, you know, once you exit school and once you start your career, you know, and, and, and do the things that you want to do with your life. And so I definitely agree. Like, I, I think that's such a, an important quality for anybody to have, whatever field you're in, is, is being able to adequately assess complex issues and approach them with a, you know, a level head and being able to assess the gray areas and find your way through it to find those solutions that we need in, in real life, you know? You yeah. Know? And, and it starts young. Yeah. Um, so I have a 10 year old and right now we're working on solution, mm-hmm. right? Like he yeah. comes to me with a problem. I can't fix it. That's yeah. what he says. I don't know how. <laughs> um, and so it's, okay, have you paused? Yeah. Have you thought about maybe the simplest solution, mm-hmm. yeah. right? My keyboard needs batteries or whatever it is, <laughs> right? So, and then how do you, if that didn't work, what's your next solution? Mm-hmm. And I think, Oftentimes, again, because we're kind of conditioned that here's the problem and here's the solution. Mm-hmm. I just need you to get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. It's never that simple. Yeah. Um, and so that skill set, I think, is uh, one, it's huge in data science. right? Mm-hmm. I think the best data scientists I've ever seen are able to take something that's generic or complex, right? Mm-hmm. that's just given to them as just a word cloud, if you will, yeah. and and really start to say, I'm going to try this first. Yeah. And if this is the simplest solution, we're going to go with it, yeah. right? Um, because I think oftentimes data science, they, they view everything as a nail because mm-hmm. they have this massive, you know, yeah. data science hammer and they just <laughs> want to walk around and, and everything has to be super, yeah. super complex. Yeah. And, um, I think that that's a, a huge skill that I know from, from my, my the mentors that I've had and, mm-hmm. and then the mentees that I've uh, led in my career, that that's something we work on constantly mm-hmm. um, is when you bring me a problem, the first thing I'm going to say is... Mm-hmm. Okay, you've jumped from problem to mm-hmm. the most complex algorithm name, mm-hmm. insert here, right, that you can think of, yeah. but you haven't told me what you're trying to actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's, it's just something you have to live by in your career and so, that you're constantly refining because mm-hmm. the problems are constantly changing. Yeah. So, so yeah. is the a- approach to, yeah. to, to finding a solution. Yeah, and, and, and especially in the field that you're in, like, the name of the game is literally taking taking data, taking reports, taking 
you know, uh, inputs and outputs and not just looking at them and saying, oh, there's more of this and less of that. Like it's, it's taking that and being creative with it and finding those solutions that, you know, individuals like myself who are not super creative and, and are more kind of by the numbers, uh, have a hard time seeing those, those solutions or have a hard time seeing the path to those solutions. Uh, and so I think that's really cool. I, I, like, I know I've said this earlier and I'll say it again. Like, I think that, we need we as a, as just a society as a whole like need both sides of that coin. We need we need people that can produce these reports and can produce the numbers and can you know look at the numbers and interpret them and say you know this happened here and this happened there. But we also need individuals like yourself that can navigate through these numbers through these things and and tell us why they happen. Find the solutions that we may not even realize need to be solved uh, and, and and things like that. So I think that's awesome and, and is really exciting. Um, one more thing I do want to ask you is, is now that you're kind of at this point in your career, or like you said, you don't really touch a, a keyboard anymore unless you're sending an email and you're not really like down in the weeds, like doing, doing these uh, kind of, you know, technical detailed problems anymore. Now that you're at this point where people seem to come to you and want to find answers from you and you have a lot, you know, a wealth of experience in this field, what do you hope the next... 10 to 15 years for not necessarily you, well, yes, you specifically, but more specifically the the field of data science both in Chattanooga and abroad looks like? Because there's a lot of different ways it can go. You know, Obviously, you mentioned different things like AI, uh, and, and there's a lot of different niche fields, but seeing as you're someone that has seen it grow into what it is today and seeing you know the seemingly unlimited runway that this field has, what do you hope that the future of this looks like you know, going forward in the next five, 10 years or so for you personally? I know that's a big question. So, no, you know, no, I have a, a great answer. Oh, oh, well, <laughs> awesome. Well, let me get my popcorn. I'm yeah. ready to hear it. So, um, I'm a firm believer. And like I said, I've spent my career on in healthcare, right? So I, I, I believe that data science is great. It's great for many fields and many verticals and many problems, uh, you know, across the globe. Um, but none are bigger, in my opinion, than the ones that um, impact us all or will impact us all in, in the healthcare space. And so a lot of the work that I do on a day to day basis and that uh, I see is that we're stifling ourselves a little bit when it comes to moving data science forward and moving AI forward or machine learning forward. And a lot of that's because um, we view our data or our intelligence mm-hmm. as as, a, as intellectual property that we don't want to share. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we all know that human knowledge, right, is, is not owned by one individual. We mm-hmm. all share knowledge, um, and that's how we move forward um, as, as, a, as a community um, and, and really how we move science forward as well is sharing that knowledge. And mm-hmm. so a lot of the work that I hope to do over the next uh, 5, 10, 15 years is starting to figure out how do we take data science, start to break down um, the territorial component of data science, right? Viewing it as a competitive advantage versus mm-hmm. viewing it as knowledge to share. Mm-hmm. Uh, a large part of that is sharing data so that we can share um, the ability to build better data science, mm-hmm. right? So we think about, uh, I do a lot of work in health disparities, health equity analytics um, in healthcare. And um, a lot of what we're seeing is we, the analytics can only take you so far because the data just aren't representative of the people who we need to reach, we need to have better health outcomes for. Um, They're just not represented in the data because a lot of those organizations don't share their data Mm. or they can't share their data, they don't have the means or the the protection to share those data. And so a lot of the work that 
Um, I do kind of in, in my spare time and certainly in my head is how do we start to break down those barriers mm -hmm. so that eventually we'll hit a wall, mm -hmm. right? Um, the, the methods are moving at the speed of light, right? I think every day there's a new data science approach, a different method, a new um, computer science package that, that gets installed inside these uh, data science tools, but we're still kind of way far behind in mm -hmm. how we get better data to feed those, those methods. And so um, that is a very strategic answer to what you um, asked, but I think that in my opinion, and I'll, I'll evangelize for it and advocate for it, it's, it's how do we start to view data science as a community effort, mm -hmm. um, not just an organizational effort yeah. so that we can start to move it uh, forward. Yeah, and you know, to kind of add on a little bit to what you said, like <clears throat> the best, me on the outside looking at a lot of the things that you do, like, you know, I, I see just the kind of uh, tech field and, and, and things like, I see the way it moves and it, it blows me away because like, I have no clue how any of it's done. Like, you know, I see, you, you brought up like things like AI, like I see, we've all seen like the video, like the Boston Dynamics videos of like the robot dogs. And yeah. I'm like, I see that and I'm like, I don't even know how someone thought that could even be part. Like, you know, things right. like this don't make any sense to me on the outside, but I'm okay with that. Uh, and I think like, as you said, the best tech, the best data science are the ones where when it moves smoothly, no, you know, it, it's, it's going, going on smoothly in the background. Right. You know, you get the product that you need, you get the solution that you need, but all the, the hurdles that were jumped over to get there, that's all in the background and, and nobody really has to see all the work that was done for that. And I think kind of what you're, you're talking about a little bit is continuing to do that. If we don't share, if we, we, you know, abroad don't share the wealth of knowledge that we have, if we don't allow, you know, if I have something that you need, if you have something that I need, if we don't allow each other kind of, kind of help each other out there, then we're not going to be able to allow data science and, and AI and things like that to move smoothly in the background. There's going to be those issues. There's going to be uh, those hurdles that we can't jump over, you know, broadly speaking. Um, and so I, I think you're definitely right. Like, you know, 100%, I think that with a field that's growing as, as fast as, you know, data science and, uh, and tech is, is growing, we're going to have to kind of scratch each other's back a little bit. Like, you know, the things that I have, I'm going to have to be able to share with other people. And just broadly speaking, we're going to have to share the qualities and the, and the knowledge that we have. Um, and then we get cool things like, you know, Boston Dynamics robot dogs. You know, we get those cool things that I have no idea how they work, but they, they work nonetheless. And, you know, without people like yourself that are working in the background on these things and making them operate smoothly, we wouldn't have that, you know. Um, and so I definitely agree. And, and it's exciting to see that, at least for the time being, like Chattanooga is, is a, a place where a lot of that is growing. Like you, you mentioned the logistics field, like that seems to be, you know, just booming here as well. Uh, but with every business, whether it's, you know, accounting or logistics or healthcare, whatever, like there has to be people in the background that can interpret the data, interpret uh, and understand the things, all the, all the information that we're gathering along the way. Um, so it's, it's really exciting. And uh, I would imagine you're excited to see it grow as well, hopefully in the future, you know. Yeah, uh, it certainly am. Um, I do a lot of work in Chattanooga, um, particularly with women in STEM mm -hmm. to help grow kind of underrepresented individuals in this field. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's tons of potential here. Mm -hmm. Being the gig city, obviously, I think we're, we're setting ourselves up mm -hmm. to be really a powerhouse in, in, this, in this field. Um, and I, I, I love being able to work towards that um, and building a community here that, mm -hmm. that supports the growth of data science in, in Chattanooga. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, well, before we finish up, uh, I, I want to just say thank you again for, for coming in, for, for being on the show and just 
chatting with me today, like I said at the beginning, I really was curious about what what it is that you do because you kind of mentioned it a little bit. The term the, the term data is attached to a lot of things and then kind of thrown around as a little bit of a buzzword. And so people like me on the outside are kind of like, what does that even mean? What what happens here? Uh, and so it was cool to get to hear some of, of you know your story and, and what it is that you do and to kind of for me to be able to kind of sit on the outside looking in and watch it grow into what it is, is, is really cool. And to have a little bit of insight into how that happens is, is really interesting. Uh, before we finish, as just like a thank you to every one of our guests, I always want to give you just a, a moment just to give you the floor, whether you want to give somebody a shout out, whether you're working on anything that you want to highlight, if you've uh, got an event coming up that you want to highlight, or if you just want to you know, plug something that you have or anything like that, I want to give you a moment to do that just as a, a thank you for coming in and being on the show today. So uh, yeah, the floor is yours. Feel free to say whatever you like. Sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll plug uh, our, our Chattanooga Technology Council again. Um, if you're interested in data science uh, or just, just building a community around technical folks and, and, and getting some knowledge mm-hmm. you know, that's outside of your, your day job mm-hmm. um, that may be unique to what you're doing or, or just an introduction in general, mm-hmm. um, we are starting up some of those data science events. Mm-hmm. I believe the next one is December 8th. Um, just check it out online. And um, I would encourage anybody, if, if they're interested in data science, um, I know UTC is, is really growing some of their degree programs. Um, I'm always happy to chat with people about, again, my career progression. Um, I think the beauty of data science is you don't have to have a data science degree mm-hmm. to do data science. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much stuff you can do online and, and um, you know, free stuff just to teach yourself. Uh, it's a great field to be in. So I encourage that. Please reach out. Um, if, if you're ever interested in, in learning more. Um, and then I'll just give a shout out to my kids because I hope they listen to this. <laughs> if they make it this far. <laughs> um, I have a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a 10-year-old. So Miran, Connell, and Harris. And so hopefully they're listening um, and, and they'll appreciate hopefully one day what their mom does for a living. Right now they just know I work with computers. Um, it's not as cool as what dad does, right? Nuclear reactors are much yeah. cooler yeah. than a computer. Yeah. Um, but maybe one day they'll appreciate it. <laughs> That's so. awesome. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, I know that you have a LinkedIn, uh, and so if there's anybody that's listening that wants mm-hmm. to connect with, with you, I'll make sure that link is in the description of the episode. Yes. Do you have any other other links or websites or anything that you'd like to, I, I can include in the description of the episode or anything that you're aware of? Or no, everything like that? should be there in my LinkedIn. I've written a lot of uh, academic journals. They're all linked, uh, or articles. They're all linked in there. Um, my experience with Chawtech, and I'm also um, on the board of Young Professionals. So mm-hmm. if there are some individuals here in Chattanooga who are, like me and moved here early in their career and are looking to build that foundation Mm -hmm. and that network, I encourage you to get involved with the young professionals of Chattanooga. They do some great work and you get to meet people from, you know, outside your your Mm -hmm. career bubble, Mm -hmm. if you will. So um, all of that's there. Feel free to to reach out and um, connect. I'm always happy to take a, a call. Um, and, and talk about data science or really just anything as it pertains to, to, to Chattanooga. So. Awesome. Cool. Well, I will make sure the link for that is in the description. So if you're listening, if you're watching uh, and you'd like to just check out what Lee's got going on or if you'd like to connect with her or uh, like she said, schedule a call with her and just chat to get to know her a little bit, then I will leave that link in the description of today's episode. So feel free to go down there, check it out uh, and and uh, yeah, get with, get with her sometime and check out what she's got going on. Uh, but without all that out of the way, I want to say just thank you again for coming on. It's been Pleasure getting to chat with you, getting to know a little bit about you and your story. Uh, and and I, I'm excited to see what obviously the future of, of your field is here in Chattanooga, but also to see where you go. I mean, you seem like an individual that 
loves the work that you do, loves to see the field uh, that you're in blossom, and I, I'm sure that it can it will continue to do so. So uh, thank you again for coming on. I'm excited to to hear more about just you in the future, and I'm going to follow up with you a year from now. Whenever you, you said you're going to graduate, or you yes. think you're going to graduate in a year yes. from now, so I'll follow oh, up with you. I will be letting then. everybody know. <laughs> Seven years, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be following up with you then. Make sure that see how everything's going with that. Uh, and obviously wish you the, wish you the best with that. Um, but with everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you again to Lee for coming on. Uh, and, uh, I hope you will join us on another episode of the third seat. Goodbye, everybody.